Oh my god, it's movie blobs. Wow. Yet again, third time is the charm. Uh, the charm. And we're and we're doing another episode of Movie Bluffs, which is a a movie review podcast. Not films, but movies. Movies are what we're we're reviewing, not films. Uh, if we want, we can maybe give the audience a little bit of a refresher as to what the difference is. Sure. Um, to me, a film is something to analyze while watching, and not necessarily something that that, that can be considered bad. Because it's a piece of real, like, painstaking art, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas a film, or a movie, excuse me, I can just watch it and enjoy it. And it can be bad, and that's okay. A movie is a movie. Mm-hmm. A film is something that is maybe assigned watching for a class, Mm. And a movie is what a substitute teacher puts on when they don't know what the plan is for that mm. class. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the difference is. We're talking the Miss Frizzles versus the Bill Nyes of the world. Really well, now, is what it well, now I'm curious to. what the difference is between those two people because I Ms. feel like Miss Frizzle is the movie parallel, and Bill Nye is the homework. Because I always got assigned Bill Nye for homework, and then Miss Frizzle was like, oh. "Magic School Bus, it's VHS, pop it in." It's Thanksgiving. Well, school. I love that. And I think maybe we could do a spinoff podcast about those two <laughs> properties of media as well, because there's nothing easier to make a podcast about than movies. You're right. Which is what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That's what we're here to talk about today. Which so, movie specifically are we talking about today? Today, this episode? we are talking about Ben Stiller's most prized possession in his resume um night at the museum one the first one the first night at the museum movie it is a trilogy that's true sorry about that i had technical difficulties i don't know why my airpods picked up but what i'm gonna do my keys across the room. I'm sorry, Nate. I missed what you said. My AirPods connected to my laptop. Oh, weird. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna pop off and I'm gonna yell at my family again because I guess oh, that's okay. <laughs> what I have to do. What I have to do. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Well, our loyal listeners, perhaps this is the ad break. And perhaps we have a sponsor, but perhaps we don't. And that's okay. Because you know what? Life is like ad sponsorship. Hello? Did I just... Anyway. Life is like ad sponsorship. Sometimes you have one and you're on top of the world and you're paid 30 cents a view. Listen, and you're talking about food subscription boxes but sometimes you don't have a an ad and and that's okay and sometimes you're just waiting for one and isn't that the real meaning of life is having advertisements 
and being able to talk about food subscription boxes. I think yes. so. You can also. I just I just recorded our ad our ad break for us. Oh, awesome! <laughs> I'll, I'll put that in there. Um, I mean, yeah, I'd also I'd also be cool with advertising all of your other projects because I know you do have one million things going on, and I As just always. have this shitty podcast. This is not. Hey, I'm this kidding. podcast I, is great. Would you be working on this like in all my free time editing? Yes. Yes. I yeah. I always have a zillion things going on. Um. um Anyway, subscribe to Pecan Sandy on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, sorry, anyway. my family is having dinner. I need to move out as soon as possible. Um, I've heard. Anyway, you're good. I didn't hear them. If that makes you feel any better. Yeah. So. I mean, it's probably fine. It's just like unpredictable mm-hmm. because they'll be quiet, and then there will be a yell or a stomp, and I'll be like, "Well, gotta edit that out." Anyway, enough of my problems. Oh, anyway, okay. where were we? Uh, where were we? Um, we were discussing uh, Ben Stiller and how this is his number one. Melissa May. Oh that's, that's disgusting. I'm seriously freaking out right now. I can't hear them. What? No, my internet is is I now can't hear having. Them. My internet is now having connection. No, mine too. Okay. Um, do you want to just take it from? I'm going to ask you what movie we're watching. Yeah, yeah. Let's go from there. Whatever's easiest for you to edit. Yep. So, Sarah, what uh, what movie are we talking about this week? Mm, we are talking about a beloved classic, Night at the Museum, the first one. Because it is a trilogy um, featuring Ben Stiller, uh, um, Rami Malek. Uh, again, another Robin Williams film, another Robin Williams movie that we are talking about. He really do be having a very long uh, resume. <laughs> Love the guy. Yes. Amongst, oh, Owen Wilson is in the thing. Yep. So, yeah, we're talking about Night at the Museum, 2006. Night at the Museum was a good movie mm-hmm. in my opinion when i watched it as a child mm-hmm. um it came out 2006 mm-hmm. same year as high school musical so wild correlation wild time. <laughs> perhaps you're, you're either a night at the museum kid or a high school musical kid poor candles dose i feel like i'm both yeah i was gonna say that doesn't this really feels discriminatory of you nate actually I mean, um, I was just doing a bit, but <laughs> I yeah, know. I get it. <laughs> no bits. It's like, ah, of course. Not allowed. Yeah. I think it's, anyway. it's, it's interesting. It's a good movie. Uh, Night at the Museum. Um, so Sarah watched this over the, over the past week. Yep. I've spent the week pondering it and remembering it and thinking about how great it was. Mm-hmm. Rami Malek makes a great reveal as, at as the, the mummy. At the very end, yes. He shows and up tut. and he's, he's the mummy and you think he's going to be a gross mummy, but he's actually handsome. Hot, you know? he's, I'll say it. He's, <laughs> there, uh, I wish I had a good Rami Malek impersonation. He's like, hi, it's the Pharaoh. Nice to see you. 
That's a bad impression. It, much, it sounded a lot older than Rami Malek is in this movie. He sounds like an old man, though. That's more Rami Malek now. Yeah. Post-Queen. Anyway. But yes, he does make a great reveal at the end. He's a very handsome man. Night of the Museum opens on the New York skyline. Mm-hmm. And there are cyclists. There are biplanes landing on the lake in Central Park. There are funny little businessmen walking to and from their jobs. And then we get to the uh, New York Museum of Natural History, mm-hmm. which is where our title character, Ben Stiller, works and lives. Um, he is he's working as a night guard uh, to provide for his family. His wife is leaving him, which is a classic plot point in a lot of comedies. Uh, Adam Sandler or otherwise and (laughs) he's pretty bummed about that but he's got this new job as a night guard at a museum and he's like I'm gonna get my life back on track I'm gonna be able to see my kid every once in a while even though my wife is divorcing me Um, and I think Paul Rudd is in this movie as his wife's new boyfriend but I might be mistaken it might be another comedic actor Yes, I believe. Yes, it is Paul Rudd. Let me let me double check myself. Which is because he doesn't play a huge role, but he does play no. a role. He shows up, I think, as as the new boyfriend, which is which is just fun because I love Paul Rudd. I love a good Paul Rudd. Me too. Anyway, big fan. The film feat or the movie features <laughs> the entire plot of the movie is Ben Stiller is trying to get his son get custody or like half. I don't know how divorce works, but he's trying to be able to see his son. And the court is like, you need a job first. And he's like, cool. Okay. I can do that. I can have a job. I can be there for my boy. Um, He gets a job at the museum. He's the night guard. He's the new night guard. He's taking, he's taking over from um, Dick Van Dyke is one of them and two other old guys. And uh, they're like, they're like real cryptic about it they're like the museum comes to life at night and he's like (laughs) okay cool like i'll i'll be cool uh his first night at the museum he's walking around he's like oh man this blows i'm just in an empty building looking at all the cool stuff suddenly he hears a t-rex noise the t-rex in the center of the museum of natural history has come to life yes and it is like and it acts like a dog because of course it does and he's like oh cool uh and so the entire movie has been stiller kind of coming to terms with the fact that everything in the museum comes to life at night he um he sees he oversees conflict between the miniature roman display and the miniature cowboy display he uh plays fetch with the dinosaur bones which is fun and cute he gets his keys stolen by a little monkey a couple times mm-hmm. and almost gets trapped in the lion exhibit, which is more dangerous at night than it is during the day when the lions aren't alive. Right, because they're lions. Yeah. So in the middle of the movie, he is worried that he's not spending enough time with his kid. The court is like, dude, you got to spend more time with your kid or else you're not going to get custody. And he's like, fine, fine. He takes his kid for a night at the museum with him. And his kid is like, whoa, everything's coming to life at night. And then his ex-wife is like, 
what kind of ideas are you putting in this kid's head? Because in every movie like this where magic is real, they go so hard in the other direction for mm-hmm. everyone else. So it's not just, oh, cute, you're telling stories to this kid. It's you're rotting this kid's brain right. by right. showing him real. You're the same thing happens, him. <laughs> the same thing happens in the Santa Claus movies. Where it's Stop, not just, it does. It's not just, oh, cute, this kid thinks his dad's Santa. It's this man is a danger to his child in the community. <laughs> it's like, my son Santa. needs therapy now. Do you understand, first of all, the cost? Second of all, the burden it puts on me as a mother from our child to have an imagination and to, to have the thought that Santa might be real. So he's in danger of his kid being taken away, I guess. But but he's getting a handle of it. He's having a few rough-ups. He's having a few uh, bad times. He goes to the old folks' home where the three old night guards have retired to. And he's like, guys, what the fuck? And, and they're like, we know, right? And he's like, okay, but like, what the fuck? And, right. he's, and the, Dick Van Dyke is like, just brush up on your history, kid. He's like, okay. Um, and that comes back later. So... He takes his kid to the night at the museum a few times. His kid is super into it. He like goes to the center of the museum, the Egypt exhibit, mm-hmm. and finds the tablet that's been bringing all of these crazy creatures to life. to life. And he's like, oh, cool. And Rami Malek pops out of his little coffin and he's like, <coughs> what's up, y'all? He's and, like, look, I have a good face. See it? And Ben Stiller is like, why can you speak English? And Rami Malek is like, I spent a lot of time in the Oxford Institute or something, uh, which was a funny joke and also kind of uh, a sad real fact that white people did colonize. And it's a fun movie, but also it is sad that there there has been a lot of stealing of culture and uh, I mean, artifacts. Half of museums now are stolen artifacts from countries that white people colonized. <laughs> And that's real tea on Movie Bluffs. Thank you. So Rami Malek pops out of his sarcophagus. And he's like, hey, I'm Rami Malek. Did you know that I'm going to play Freddie Mercury in like a decade? And then he does and it. And Ben Stiller is like, no, I didn't know that. Yep. And uh, Rami Malek is like, well, cool. I'll show you around. I've been here for a long time. I'll show you the ropes. Because, uh, you know, I'm the most mature person in this museum. Also, I guess because he technically owns the tablet, he, like, knows the most about it. does, yeah. So he shows Ben around. He kind of tells him, like, what's what, how to handle everything. After a few months, Ben Stiller starts to get the hang hang of this whole night guard thing. And then suddenly, he's there with his kid again. And the three big bad boys are coming in to the museum. They're breaking in, and they're stealing the tablet. Mm Mm-hmm. And Dick Van Dyke is like, hey, it just what? makes us, it makes us feel younger. And, and <laughs> it makes because, us feel good. Because apparently the magic of the tablet is it brings things to life, which in the context that I think you get a little bit more lore in the final movie. But, but basically in ancient Egypt, they had this tablet and they were like, it brings back the dead for one night, like a month or whatever because it has the power to harness the full moon and bring back Mm -hmm. dead bodies, which it does with Rami Malek, who is a physical, real dead body. A real human being, man. He has no organs and is wrapped up in band-aids. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. But like some of the other exhibits are like, you know, there's like a clay 
caveman mm-hmm. exhibit. Those are not real people, but they do still come to life at night. It's a little yes. fuzzy. Basically, the tablet brings, and the tablet was originally in the man's tomb. Yes. So that he in could come pyramid. to life. Mm-hmm. And then um, it did get stolen by European expeditionists and yeah. grave robbers and put in a museum. And for some, somehow, nobody's noticed that it brings the exhibits to life except the night guards. <laughs> Don't know how right. that No I'm one noticed. in New York just happened to be like walking by, like on their way home from a bar or something. And they were like, oh, that big window that I can see um, the, the T-Rex in? How come the T-Rex isn't there? Oh, the T-Rex's bone just hit the window? That's crazy, man. I just must be too drunk for this. Like, what? That's That must be the only logical explanation, because otherwise, the entire city of New York would have found out. But that also is a piece of the narrative. Yeah, because the of New York. this is... Okay, so the very end of the movie, Dick Van Dyke has stolen the tablet, and he's riding away on, on some fast horses from uh oh shit who's the guy one if by land two if by sea who's that guy paul i want to say rupaul oh, that's not his paul, name rupaul <laughs> not his name either. no it's rupaul now it's rupaul she said one if by land two if by sea honey and then she started shaking her butt and then she gave paul some horses to dick van wait dyke. this is fucking me up the point is dick van dyke takes some horses that were uh RuPaul's. part of the uh, cross-country mail delivery system or whatever and they wouldn't stop except for a specific code word and dick van dyke is like rubbing this in ben stiller's face and he's like i read up on my history and he says dakota because that's what makes the horses stop and they stop and dick van dyke is launched off of the horses into the snow he takes the tablet returns it to the museum and suddenly like the city of new york wakes up because for some reason the city that never sleeps decided to sleep for one night and didn't notice the dinosaurs and and the cavemen walking the streets and business is booming now at the natural history museum because of like you know all this stuff that ben stiller inadvertently caused like there's Mm -hmm. cave paintings on on the subway there's dinosaur tracks down main street all that Mm -hmm. all that crazy stuff so he gets a promotion dick van dyke gets sent to prison Mm -hmm. um the tablet is returned he gets to spend some time with his son and the very end of the movie is you know now the museum is sometimes open at night and sometimes. rami malik gets to talk to visitors and be like which is such a crazy cool thing for so like fun. the concept of that would like blow my mind like if i could go into like the dia and like speak to like someone who's been sculpted ah, such a cool concept it's chef's kiss and for a period of maybe five years after I saw this movie, I would imagine every time I went to like a museum or even like a small, like low key nature park or like mm-hmm. exhibit, anytime I would be like, Are you alive? Are you going to talk to life? Are you going to talk to me? Please talk to me. Ugh. Pretty please. That's a great retelling, Nate. Very good. Very good. Oh, also there's a gay romance between Owen Wilson's character, the cowboy, and the Roman soldier. Or yes, Captain yes. And it's, the cowboys and the, the Romans. Yes. I mean, it is all is. Oh subtext, but, but it's, there. it's very close to know. being text. If it didn't we come out be. in 2006, it would have been text. It would be text. subtext. Yes, you are correct. So I really like 
several parts of this movie. I, like you as well, would also pretend that everything was coming to life. And as I would be walking through various like museums or like watching movies, I would have, or like going through the grocery store or like whatever, have like uh, the image and the concept of what this would look like in the night museum world or like whatever the movie world that I had in my brain at the time would look like in my life, in real life. So I would just be walking around like Kroger being like, like, what's up, Ms. Butterworth? How you doing, baby? And she's like, there. Anyway, so I very much like that mo- this movie because I love the, the, the imaginativeness of it. It's just a good movie. It just makes you feel nice. The history is really cool to learn about. Um, the museum looks bomb as fuck. Like, I would absolutely go to this museum and, like, ball out and, like, go crazy. It reminds me of the History Museum in Chicago, which is the coolest, dopest museum. They have all of these huge dinosaur skeletons that just, oh, they're so cool. So I really like that. And also the cast is crazy. Like we have Ben Stiller, Robin Williams, Owen Wilson, Ricky Gervais is in it as the doctor. Um, Steve Coogan, who's a huge, he's a huge guy. He plays uh, the Roman soldier man. Dick Van Dyke. We have Mickey Rooney who is a huge, the other little tiny short, like, mm-hmm. security guard. Um, and then, oh, the monkey's name is Crystal. Fun fact. Oh, yeah, um, just so many, and Paul Rudd. Yes, it's like okay. a, it's Capuchin monkey, and it's like the monkey that gets cast in, like, everything, I guess. All the monkey rolls. The monkey rolls, right. I think it was a There's just so many. I think so. Actually, I think you're right. Right, that's fun. Um, and yes, Paul Rudd does play the boyfriend. So... We start, he's in a custody battle. He wants to have part, like, shared custody over his son. He's an inventor. We keep coming back to these themes, Nate. We keep coming back to these themes of invention and reinvention. And did I just say the theme of our Department of Theater? Perhaps. But is it relevant to this conversation? Yes. (laughs) Because we start with, he's an inventor, and he keeps trying to invent when you clap to turn lights on. Mm -hmm. But instead of clapping, it's, it's snapping. Oh, yeah. But in the movie, it's like, not everyone can snap Ben Stiller. Silly. This doesn't work. So he's unemployed. And the other court like, hey, girl, you got to get a job so you can uh, see your son. Okay. So he goes to the museum. He becomes a uh, security guard at night. And these three old men are like looking to retire. Like you said, Dick Van Dyke is like, hey, girl, like, you got it. Here's the rules. And the first rule that he gives um, Ben Stiller says, throw a bone. And he's like, what does that mean? It can't mean anything. And like from the jump, these security guards are shady, shady ladies. Okay. There are these three old men and they are just shady. And you can tell they've, they're scheming something. Right. So yeah, everything comes alive. The first night he's there, he's like, whoa, that's so crazy. Damages incur. And he is fired. <laughs> and then he leaves. And then his boss is like, no, I don't have anyone to work. Please come back and work for me. I'm sorry. So he comes back and then he's starting to get to know how to interact with all these characters. You already touched on like all of them, like the um, cowboy, the Romans, um, Teddy Roosevelt, who I love Robin. I just love Robin Williams. I just love Robin Williams so much. He's so good. Um, But he plays Teddy Roosevelt, who... Um, when I was younger and learning about the U.S. presidents, was one of my favorite presidents. Um, oh, they, uh, the thing that stuck in my brain from when I was a kid watching this movie was um, the huge uh, Easter Island statue oh, yeah. um, that says, dum-dum, 
I, you give me gum gum. I would repeat that endlessly as a bit in like when I was in like third grade or whenever this came out because I thought it was the peak of comedy. Just the peak of this like weird like rock that I had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. This weird rock just being like dum dum. You give me gum gum. And he's like, I don't have any gum and you don't have teeth and you're a rock. <laughs> so he's there and a bunch of the people are there. Pocahontas is there. Or not Pocahontas, Sacagawea. Sacagawea. It's Sacagawea. She is there. Um, a lot of really cool stuff. And the exhibits look dope as hell and that's that. Um, ben Stiller has a love interest. He meets a girl who works at the museum who is writing her thesis dissertation on Sacagawea. Oh, yeah. And she's like, I feel like I just cannot connect to my my person, to my woman. I just can't. She's not working for me. And he's like, well, I could have you meet her. And then this girl is like, bitch, what are you talking about? Do not play me for a fool. You are very mean. Respect my writing. Thank you. Which, fair enough. So he's getting the hang of things, right? And then the shady men come back in. The shady men are like, this is after he's visited, like, you touched on, like, the entire plot. You do be having a steel brain for these things. (laughs) Um, So the shady old security guards come back in, and they have made uh, presses of the keys, so they now have keys to the whole building, so they can get in whenever they want. And like you said, they want to steal this tablet so they can set themselves up for retirement. Because they're these old-ass men, and I guess Social Security do not be working out. So they want to set themselves up for retirement, so they go to steal the tablet, make themselves young, sell it, be rich, blah, blah, blah. So by this time, uh, Ben Stiller has become friends with all the people in the museum. He's, he's a pu- he's buddy, he's pal. His son has come to visit. His wife is like, how dare you? How dare you give my son an imagination? Nothing but blockheads. Nothing but blockheads in my house. Because apparently we live in the peanut strips now according to my my vernacular yeah i didn't um, get that one yeah that's what they call everyone in the peanuts comic strips is a blockhead that's what oh. lucy calls i think uh, you're Charlie talking Brown. about She's like i think you're talking about really wife? bad acne no <laughs> no a blockhead is like someone who's like stupid yeah like you blockhead and then she like rips the football out from underneath him and he's like i forget you do this every year duh Anyway, so there's a lot riding on this. All of a sudden, the old men are stealing things. Mickey Rooney is like, ah, you'll never catch me alive. And then, uh, you know, they they steal the horse and carriage. And all three old men, Dick Van Dyke, Mickey Rooney, the other guy whose name I can't remember. They steal and they're like, ah, we got you. Um, so they send all of the, the Hans get sent out, the Roman soldiers, the cowboys. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt's like, ha, ah, I don't have any legs, so I'm on my horse. Ha. Ah. Um... Rami Malek's like, ah, ha, ha, don't steal my tablet. You're too sexy. Ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and he's like, I'm coming after you with my hollowed out legs because I'm a mummy and I have no bone. I have nothing in my body. Another fun fact. I used to be obsessed with learning about um, Egyptian culture back in the day when I was like, again, like in third grade. I don't know why I was like so fascinated by like the way that they the culture and their, the way that it, like, surrounded the religion and everything. I don't know. I found it very fascinating. So I learned a lot about, about Egyptian religion and, like, how they do things. I don't know. 
So I have a lot of knowledge on that, which is why I'm like, his, his legs. Anyway, so Robbie Maddox is like, ah ha ha, no, please come back. I need that to be alive. Ah ha ha ha, you're too sexy. Ah ha ha, if I'm alive, we can date. Boo thing, so bring me back my tablet so we can date. Do you know I play Freddie Mercury? So they're running, and the men still are like, Dakota! And the horses go, what? Someone said our name. Someone said our name. And so they fling him off the thing. He gets the tablet back. He comes back to the museum. The museum guy who's fired him like three times now for causing damages and like making a mess in New York is like, actually, you know what? This is really good publicity for us. And we were needing money. So you can stay on full time as like head security guard. You get your whole like guard division. And uh, and you know what? We'll open the museum of a night and you can lead all of these fun educational things. And then Rami Malek can date all the women in New York City. And it'll be great. Um, and then he gets part custody of his son. He introduces his woman to Sacagawea. And she's like, whoa, that is so crazy that she's actually real. I thought you were lying to me. I cannot believe that you were lying to me. And so she finishes her paper, gets a four point as she should. And then they start dating. And his wife is still dating uh, Paul Rudd. And yeah, and that's it. A good ending to a good movie. It is a good movie. It is. It really is. I really was like, because like Fuller, I was like, yeah, and High School Musical, I was like, yeah, I love it, obviously. Yeah. But it does have its flaws. It has its moments. Mm-hmm. But truly, I was like, this really, it really do be doing it for me. It really does it for me. Yeah. It's a good movie. It sounds like Night at the Museum might be our best movie yet. Oh my God. Which, it might be at the top of our scale. I mean, based on our trend so far, every movie has been better than Flubber. That's true. <laughs> um, every movie being High School Musical, because this is our third episode. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I agree. Night at the Museum rocks. I mean, mm-hmm. the second movie, Expanding on the World by Going to the Smithsonian is awesome. Yes. Literally. I, like, didn't even know what they were going to do with the third movie. Because, like, how many other museums are there? They went to London. Right. A lot of museums. Like. A lot. (laughs) I really wish they had done one for the DIA because that's, like, the main museum that I go to as a person Mm -hmm. who lives in lower Michigan. Mm -hmm. Uh, But. Me as well. Museums are great. And the Night at the Museum definitely helped spark my interest in museums as a whole Mm -hmm. as a kid. Because, like there would be times when like my family would be like we're just gonna go to a museum you know and like see what happens and we'd be like yes i would love we would do that too like I would. oh my god do you know what museum you would like Hmm. have you been to greenfield village and the henry ford i've been to the henry ford definitely i remember going and seeing the there's like a I don't remember. I don't remember. If it was like a, a limited exhibit, but it was like mm-hmm. this house from the '60s that they were like going to manufacture. Yes, yes. The, like the, the steel dome. drum. Yep. I think it's still there. I haven't I been in a loved, while, but loved that thing. I wrote about it in yes. a journal. When oh my I god! There. It was. Oh my god! That's so exciting. We. A... I was literally just talking about this this morning with my coworkers before we filmed before we recorded this. Um, for those who don't know, the Henry Ford and the Greenfield Village are. Um, connected museums um one is an outdoor exhibit a living museum if you will and the other is an indoor exhibit and they feature michigan and uh 
national history. Um, and all of the stuff there is like all like legit. Like they have like JFK's, not JFK's, uh, Lincoln's limo. They have uh, like presidential limos. They have uh, real houses that like George Washington Carver lived in, that Henry Ford lived in, like all of these crazy like real stuff that Henry Ford was like, I have money, give me them and we build this great museum. Yeah, support your local museums. Um, museums. Donate if you yes. can. You They're know, very important. Even if museums are free attendance, like just drop a dollar or two in. You want to always accept donations. Become mm-hmm. a member, buy merchandise. Get an arts and cultural management minor from your university so that you can eventually work in a museum if you want to as a survival job. Yes. (laughs) Well, maybe we can ponder the the DIA and the African-American Historical Museum and the Greenfield Village and the Henry Fords of the world and think about it while we cut to this very important ad break. Yes. Welcome back, listeners! Yeah, Sarah (laughs) said it this time. You just heard an ad or our approximation of one in lieu of sponsors. So this is the second half of the podcast where we uh, talk about where we would put the movie on a scale. Our scale currently is Flubber in the place of worst movie ever and Mm -hmm. High School Musical in the place of best movie ever. These are the only two movies currently on the scale. The scale so really, is evolving as we do. Yeah, we really need to discuss this scale because now things got to be pushed and bumped based on Night at the Museum. Mm-hmm. This is is Night at the Museum better than Flubber? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, for uh, sure. In terms of tone, yep. in terms of educational value, it's a lot yep. more historically accurate, if not scientifically accurate. It is oh, absolutely. more accurate in general. Um, no one of, should have died. Yeah, to my knowledge. that's true. Like in, no in one Flubber. in Night at the Museum would have died if this mm-hmm. were real life. The only way that Night at the Museum is worse than Flubber, I think, is the character Robin Williams is playing. Uh, because Teddy Roosevelt in real life was not a good guy. And as far yeah. as we know, Professor Brainard was probably a good guy. Probably. So I'm going to place it solidly above Flubber. For sure. I like that. I like that. I think, yeah, I think it's right in between High School Musical and Flubber because High School Musical is a timeless classic that has been done over and over and over again. And you don't really see yeah. Night at the Museum costumes for Halloween. No. Or a Night at the Museum musical or Night the Museum. a Night at the Museum spin off series on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. You really don't. Night at the Museum. Actually, this is a really good point that I'm glad you brought up because I was ready to put Night at the Museum way at the top of the list. But now you're making me think critically. Mm -hmm. And while it does have all of the ingredients of a great franchise, and it does have a solid three movies, it did not stay in public consciousness nearly as much as as High School. No. And that's exactly it. It And I was like... into a stage play. Nope. It wasn't adapted into a spinoff series on Disney Plus, like you said. Nope. It just kind there's of there's no posters on my wall in Night at the Museum. Grant, there's no posters of High School Musical on my wall either. Right. But there used to be when I was a wee child, a wee bab, and there definitely wasn't no Ben Stiller on my wall. Rami Malek <laughs> is a great actor, and I he really is. Yeah, I think since Night at the Museum, his career's only been going up. He hasn't yeah. been in any movies since. He's only been in films. He really, yeah, we 
cannot critique any other Rami Malek anything because he's just been in films. We can't even critique his his television work because he's won like several awards Mm -hmm. for all of his work. Rami Malek, if you're listening to this podcast, great job, guy. Great job, my dude. Like, nice guy. Who kills it as Freddy. His performance in Freddy, I know we're a movie review podcast, but if I may, for a brief moment, um, behind me, for the viewers who cannot see this, um, is my bedroom wall. My bedroom wall includes several posters, as I am a college student. I almost said a college child. (laughs) As I am a college child who has no interior decorating style, except let's buy poster and tape to wall. There is a queen poster right there, um, amongst a prethy of others, because Queen is one of my favorite bands of all time. I grew up listening to them, am obsessed, and would kill someone uh, for Freddie Mercury. His performance in Bohemian Rhapsody was so good. He has the impression down pat. He had his little flipper in to have his little like teeth like Freddie. Mm-hmm. Really good. Anyway. That's my plug. The way that he did the way that he did the Live Aid segment of the movie, I don't know if you've seen it. It literally shot for shot is exact. And audio for audio is exact to Live Aid from the 80s. I'll stop talking about a film because this is not a film review podcast. No, it's a movie review podcast. It is. But that's my brief tangent about Rami Malek. Speaking of movies and reviewing and podcasts, Mm -hmm. um, and I and I should say, you know, as this podcast evolves we will evolve as people and our rating scale will evolve to eventually encompass every single movie ever made. Yeah. Not film. I should be clear. No films, no silent films because they're called silent films. So they're not movies, they're films. Right. But anything with the word, the movie in the title, anything with, you know, a lot of fart jokes for kids, Mm -hmm. anything that was made not necessarily to get an award, but just to pass the time while we waited for the next Avengers movie is a movie. Yes. Um, I should also say we will not be reviewing any of the Marvel movies because, eh. No, I don't. I really don't, I don't want to watch them. I don't want to watch like the it. same plot a thousand times over. Yeah, no offense, Marvel bros, but like, I don't. My favorite part of all the Marvel movies was walking to the theater with my little brothers because that's a good memory that I have. Yeah. Um, but the actual movie was yeah the only marvel movie that i will say gave me the marvel experience was black panther black panther was and oh my god timing of discussing this is not great because rest in peace rest in power like ah such a good movie we will only be talking about movies but every single (gasps) movie ever will be rated on this scale and it all Mm -hmm. starts with flubber and then, and and then the museum, with? and then high school musical. And we'll journey together as we, we will find journey out more. together. Um, now, Nate, I want to discuss what we're going to be watching next time. Oh, of course. Of course. That's how this podcast works. That is how this podcast works. We alternate watching movies that the other And then we discuss them. Exactly. So I was thinking about it long and hard. And I'm going to be honest, mm-hmm. I do watch movies. But my ability to retain every movie I've watched is slim. Mm -hmm. I'll be real with you. Oh, yeah. So I was racking my brain before we started recording this. I was like, man, 
What's a movie that I know is going to provide us with some amazing content to discuss? Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are a Curtis Connor fan or a Danny fan or a Drew fan or any YouTuber similar to them fan, you might have heard of a little movie called Fateful Findings. Fateful Findings. Fateful Findings. Is that by like a director. A ghost hunting thing? Oh, it is all that and more. Really? By Neil Breen. Very comparable to The Room, um, but on a fully different level of undiscovered depth in mm. nature that The Room has, has found and, and Fateful Findings just has not reached the precipice of its insanity just yet. It is truly a great movie. Um, in so many horrible ways. And I have watched it several times because I have seen it a lot of times at bad movie nights with my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Nate has told me that he has never seen it. Never even heard of it. So it is available, I believe, on several streaming platforms, if not YouTube, to watch um, Fateful Findings if you care to watch along with us as we discuss and then... Let us know what you think of our opinions on things. But Faithful Findings, that's our next our next flick. That's going to be our next movie. And with that, I'm pretty sure that's all to be said on that. That's all so. to be said. What, what were, our, what were our, our major points? What are our major takeaways from this episode? Major takeaways from this episode. Rami Malek is hot. Robin yes. Williams is a great actor, as yes. always. As ben always. Ben Stiller is a funny guy. And if museums could come to life, the world would be a better place. I would also add, dum-dum, you give me gum-gum. Well, thank you again for listening. If you're listening, thank you for watching. If you're watching, this is Movie Bluffs. I'm Nate. And I'm Sarah. Bye. See ya! (laughs) 